Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Titan Business Builders podcast. And today we have Wendy Glavin as a guest. Hello, Wendy. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And I'm going to try to announce you to our audience as good as I can. So, Wendy, you are a 30-year veteran of corporate agency and consultant. You're a published writer and a global speaker. You are the founder and the CEO of your agency, Wendy Glavin Agency. Which Glavin. Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's my ex-husband's problem. Always right. Always right. No, it's his problem. My ex-husband. <laughs> <laughs> and you specialize in marketing, executive writing, PR, social and digital media advisory. Bravo. <laughs> yes, got it. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, Wendy. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate your time because um, I'm pretty sure you have a lot on your plate. You just moved to a new place, so that's exciting, a new environment. Yes. You've been in New York all the time before that. Yes, New York City, yep. So I moved so, out of New York City after 30 years. Uh, April 30th was the first day of moving in, so it's soon. It was recent. Wow. And and why did you decide to leave the Big Apple? Um, so there's a combination of reasons. Uh, and people ask me this a lot. You know, did it have to do with the pandemic? To a mm. degree, yes. Um, because the way we lived in the city all these years is in apartments. Um, the, the apartment I moved from uh, was two bedrooms. I mean, it had balconies, you know, 31st floor, but you know, my 20s, I have three sons, 29, 27, 22. So the 27 year old, uh, was working for the president of Marvel. He got, um, furloughed and then he got laid off last November. So he was living with me in that apartment. Mm. My youngest son, the 21 year old, 22 year old. Now he, we were, I was concerned about him going back to college in the fall because of the whole, the whole, you know, all the, the COVID problems. So he had an, a remote internship uh, doing his capstone. So he was home from September till December. And then he went back to college. He graduated. But anyway, during that time, if you can imagine, you know, so it, because the second bedroom was small. So basically, you know, we'd have to find a way to work around it. So essentially I ended up working in my bedroom, which was quite large, but with the desk and all that and gave them like, okay, somebody works in the living room and then somebody works in the bedroom. So all mm. of that was like claustrophobic. Yeah. Um, so there was that. And then also uh, throughout my entire life, I've always loved the beach. I love the water. I love nature. Um, so, I, I think that the other thing about the pandemic is I decided, you know, what am I waiting for? I mean, I'm not getting any younger. So it was actually difficult because I moved out to Southampton uh, and it was a seller's market. So I started looking in like January in the winter and it's like everything was gone, 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 gone. So um, and then the question is why here? Because my ex-husband uh, moved uh, last year to a place in West Hampton. So the ultimate goal is 
I mean, and, and is happening is that when our three sons, you know, whatever vacations or whatever it is, they come visit me and they come visit him because we're only about a half hour away from each other. So that's actually what's happened, which is great. So my one son is here now. He just got a job. He's working for Gartner, a global business consulting firm. The 27 year old drove him to play golf and uh, and then my 29 year old will be coming here in August, but back to the point of back and forth, you know, with their dad. So it's, that's really worked out well. Um, and I just feel so much happier being surrounded by, you know, trees and flowers mm -hmm. and nature. And, you know, it gets to the point in New York city with the pandemic where it's just, you know, you're just like claustrophobic and you can't yeah. you go outside and then you can't do social distancing. And then people are arguing and not wearing masks and whichever side you're on, it's just like the whole thing just got to be sort of enough. And so I, yeah. Within, within those 30 years that you're already in, in business and having your agency and is this like the biggest disruption that you have been through? The biggest disruption? Disruption, like not only on business, like I would say business-wise, I guess for everybody, but how did it impact your business at this time? So instead of going through my entire life story. Instead of going through, <laughs> going through. So I'm, saying, I'm, I'm introducing this. Instead of going through my life story, um, I would say my strongest trait as are my sons is being resilient. So mm. I have worked from home uh, or remotely for a long time. So in terms of work, I mean, of course, you know, in terms of clients, you know, things slow down a bit, but mm. it, it, in that way, it didn't have an impact on me. And in fact, I felt, I mean, of course the pandemic had an impact. I'm saying only in terms of like work. Mm -hmm. And I really felt that the amount of people I met, you know, through LinkedIn live shows, you know, just, it was like way more people than I, I think, because actually how could you possibly meet that many people when you're going to an event and you have to travel there? And yeah. so I, 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 I don't want to, I'm careful to use these words, but like, in some, in certain ways, in few ways, but it, it it did sort of bring up new opportunities and things about like, you know, life is short, you know, let's live, you know, in mm -hmm. the way that we want. So it was sort of a combination of a lot of different things like that. Yeah, and actually um, it brought you to create, That's this is what you told me as well, like you created a new process during the pandemic because it's something that has an impact on, on everybody, you know? And people are trying to find their way in this kind of pandemic. Businesses, new businesses starting because they had to pivot from what they were already doing to something new. And But a lot of people that are started maybe are back to where they were before that. But I think it's valuable to, to mention that you created something which is called Decode Your Value to help people realize that it's good to change something or it's good to find what they're actually love doing as well. Um, so yes, I created Decode Your Value, the process in um, June, because I wanted to help people realize, because I kept hearing this, that you know I lost my job or I don't have money or you know um, I can't pay my rent or things like that. So I wanted to help people realize you are not defined by the work you do, the work you did, your status, your role, your gender, your age. 
instead of looking forward, look back at mm. your background, your experiences, your relationships, your interests, and that no one has the same. So all of us are unique. My background mm -hmm. is completely different than yours. Everyone's background is different. So if you come to that realization, the truth of the matter is you have no competition. So decode your value, which I've continued to write about is I include a life skills tree. It's a free download. In the beginning, I did my life skills tree, which includes your values uh, at the bottom. And then it's, it's a tree because in my head, I always sort of thought of the way that I think, I think in an abstract way, like a tree. So mm. it's sort of like, well, what about this idea? Like, what about this? What about this? What about this? So that was sort of where it came from. And so I'm trying to help people and, and I'm really happy about the article I was published on Sunday. It's been doing really well, which makes me really happy because I want people to be able to, it seemed that finally it clicked and I interviewed people that have had used the process. They contacted me. And, um, you know, what, one thing that was really significant is someone in an agency, uh, New York city, Dory, uh, Dorianne said that she, she did it herself and then she gave it to her team. And the thing that I thought was so valuable when I heard this from her, she said, sh they never realized all the resources that they had because mm. it wasn't, it was like resume, hire people based on your resume, but now all that's changing. People are looking at soft skills. So Dory was telling me that, you know, they realized that, you know, people had all these other interests or experiences or things that, you know, wasn't defined in the, the specific role that they were doing. So she felt that, you know, the whole team, you know, became closer. They realized more about, you know, one another and, realize more about themselves and you know she's quoted in the article and and that you know that makes me feel really happy because then it's that's an example that would be like one example of that was my goal and mm -hmm. that happened with dory and her team uh there's a couple other examples in the article a, a podcast host um so there's a few different examples in the article of different people how they used it how they tracked another interesting story is somebody who majored in anthropology and she's now in blockchain so it's like, what is the connection? Yeah. So there's a quote in here from her, Elise, uh, Elise Wagnack. And, you know, so it's the thread that goes, that kind of goes throughout your life so that you can look back and think about, wait, you know, for example, my first job was working in house at GE for five years, not nothing that I wanted to do. I mean, no disrespect to GE, of course, it's a great start, but I wanted to be an actress or an, a lawyer, which I've described mm. in the article why neither of those things happen. But so working in-house at GE, that's, I graduated college, five years surrounded by, you know, scientists and, you know, data, uh, data scientists, you know, engineers, blah, blah, blah. So now we're talking about, and I'm not 30 years old. Okay. So now we're talking about, you know, decades later, you know, I'm a technology columnist because I didn't realize at the time that complex technology terms i was around that was pretty much what i was around so i came i was able to learn to decipher complex technology terms so that's what i want not not technology for other people but you know look back and think of the threads throughout your life because mm -hmm. there's a lot yeah and i also believe that that finding those values finding that purpose is something that you need to do to, in order to connect to what you're doing 
in a job or in a business or whatever. Otherwise, why are you doing it? You know, exactly. how much resistance are you creating if you're not doing it connected to your values or your purpose? You're absolutely right. I mean, this, I, yeah. I completely agree with you. I mean, I'm, my values are like, and I was participated in a, um, recently a webinar about that, about, you know, values and mm-hmm. it was a whole discussion about, you know, can they be learned? Can they be, and personally, I believe that it's something that you learn from your parents or people, you know, older people when you're young in your formative years that they model that type of behavior, which my father did. He was a lawyer. He, my father is my hero. He died at 68, but you know, in the formative years, he modeled certain things. So those have always stayed with me. So my Mm -hmm. values have not changed. I mean, one, like a core one is honest. I'm always honest, even honest to a fault. You know, I'll Mm -hmm. tell clients what they don't want to hear, but I would rather tell them the truth. And we'll get into founding my agency, but rather tell them the truth and them not hire me than, you know, Mm -hmm. tell them some, make promises, which is not going to happen. So, I mean, I'm not like chasing business. It's more like if you, you know, want to speak to somebody who will be honest and direct and tell you exactly like whether it can work, whether it can't work, whether your startup will be successful, won't be successful, you know, all those different things. Like I will tell you the truth. If I lose, if I don't get the client, it's okay. Because I have never waned from that honest point. This this is something that, that a lot of people need to hear, I think, because they pretty much always like try to connect it to to what they have to offer and they just try to almost force people to do what they are offering instead of just being authentic and and letting it happen you know like you just said they are scared that they will lose the business what would you say to to business owners that say yeah but i cannot do that i cannot be authentic because i'm going to lose the business Okay, so here, here it comes, the other side of my personality. Okay, uh, stop selling, okay, stop selling. And this is not my quote, okay? I'm not taking, it's not my quote, it's probably Gary Vaynerchuk, but it's like, yeah. stop selling and start helping. So the selling thing is, is really a problem. And mm. I'm going to make a big statement here, but the amount of people who contact me on LinkedIn, wherever it is, text me, call me, and have done zero research, zero. I mean, it's ridiculous. And it once in a, I mean, it's starting to really get on my nerves. Like, oh, you know, we were wondering if, you know, you needed a website designer. It's like, just do it. So all I'm saying is do a tiny bit of research, just research the, go to LinkedIn, go to the person's website, just do some research and then stop. Like, don't just keep you know, going ahead. And the thing is, and I'm, 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 I'm using quotes that are not mine, but you sh- it's kind of a cliche, but it's like, if you love what you do, then the money will come. I think that, you know, especially because of the pandemic, you know, things have changed rapidly. So what I think is different and is an opportunity, it's okay that I'm, you know, sitting in a house where I just moved in, like, it doesn't matter. So I think that's a huge benefit. So of course, now we need to be authentic. You know, people have dogs in the background. My son just walked down the steps. (laughs) But these are things that we never talked, or not we never did, but prior to the pandemic, it was way more just businessy. So I think that professional and 
sorry, our professional and personal personas have merged because it would be impossible to have a call with you today, a Friday afternoon and not, you know, be some reference to where I am or where you are or whatever. So, I mean, I would say that there's no choice. You have to, you have to show up, you have to be honest, you have to be authentic. And, you know, the most important thing in any relationship, whether it's personal or business is trust. Mm -hmm. So if people will, tr if people trust you, then they will work with you. If people don't trust you, you can chase after all you want with the money, but it comes down to building relationships and trust. And building relationships doesn't mean calling somebody cold calling be like, hey, I thought you might be interested in blah, blah, blah. No, it's taking the time to do research and actually be, be an active participant on social media, not just selling things, not just showing your things, building communities, whether it's mm -hmm. Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, wherever it is, it's like building communities. I think we need to get out of our heads. I mean, look, I'm not young, but I've, the, my article that I wrote on Sunday was how to create or build a brand that lasts. So why don't we say 60 me ish. So I've continued to be able to work. Okay. Because of what I'm telling you. Um, so it's, I think I would say get away from the thing of thinking about money or whatever. And mm -hmm. it's like, if you, if you come from a place of honesty, trust, authenticity, you know, people will work with you. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And it's something that a lot of people are still not grasping is that once you go from selling something into a, an advisory role, you know, because you, if you sell something to somebody, that means that you have at least some knowledge on how to help them. So why not immediately already show that you can actually help them? Even if you're a salesperson, well, then do some research about what you're selling, right? And do some research about your customer. Being that advisor is so important. But I think you're right as well. When those two start to merge the personal and the professional is also where it's super important if you want to be authentic that you can connect to those values, those personal values, because before, and I was in the same situation sometimes as well, you are this person and you go to work and you're this person. Right. right? You can do that when nobody knows you, right? But in, in this situation where everything is like flowing into each other, you have no other choice. So it's better, like you said, to know who you are and to be your authentic self and to search for what you love to do so you can actually use that as helping for helping other people the the other thing that i would say is what i hear is that people want to quick fix they want yeah but i need sales now i, I cannot wait to create relationships for for many many years before i can do something with a business what would you say to people that are so impatient? Well, I have a perfect example and that's you. Uh, yesterday I had, um, I was out of town and I saw what you posted on LinkedIn about me and my reaction was, and we've never met before. My reaction was I was in the car and I thought to myself, Oh my God, like he did so much research. This is my immediate thing. So I did, I didn't know Stefan and I thought, 
God, this is like, I can't even believe he did all this research and like said everything that I do, like I do. I do. So already by doing that, like I'm instantly, I mean, we already had planned that I, I was on this podcast, but yeah. I'm saying, seeing that Stefan had done that, whatever amount, and you can talk about that, it showed that he cared enough mm -hmm. to find out about me, what I do or whatever. And that's very impressive. So I'm saying to me, just that, I don't want to say just, but like that already is building a relationship, period. That's mm -hmm. it. And I would say, listen, I've been on a lot of podcasts and I'm not putting other, other people down. I'm just saying that's a perfect example of what you posted on LinkedIn. Not about, I'm not speaking about myself, but I'm saying you do research on a person and let them know that you make them, not make them. Once you they feel like you know them or understand mm -hmm. done some research people appreciate that mm -hmm. people do not appreciate receiving cold calls and cold emails and you haven't even looked at the person's thing i want to just give you one example my oldest son uh graduated colgate and i think this is very interesting he i'm not going to start naming names but he uh moved to washington dc and worked for a global business consulting firm so this global business consulting firm said they hired 50 kids who graduated college and they said, you have a quota. Okay. You have to set up mm. 15 meetings per month. Okay. That's your job. 15 mm. meetings a month. You set them up. So if you didn't meet quota, let's say you'd got 10 meetings, the next month becomes 20. So he and another girl, they beat quota. So I said to him, and this relates because it has to do with LinkedIn. I said, what did you do? Like, like he, he got promoted and then whatever, all those people were left and then they had whatever, 50 new kids. So hmm. I said, what did you do? He said, what I'm telling you, meaning it's not, I'm not saying I'm telling you, he told me, mom, I mean, I researched every single company, every single thing that they do. I wrote custom personal, not custom, I wrote personalized emails to each individual you know, company before reaching out to them. And so, you know, he's continued to grow in his career and promote it, promote it, promote it. And the answer, the point is just do research. I, yeah. it, it, it boggles my mind because, you know, when I was young, we didn't have anything like this. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't understand. It's so easy. You can do anything. You, it's so easy to do research. You just read an article on Twitter. You just read something quickly. And I, I think that people need to read and do research. And I mean, research could take you five minutes. So I think it's not an excuse to just be one way, pushing your product and selling. That's just not an excuse. It just isn't. And the other thing is stop bait and switch. Like, oh, hey, I was, I don't want to, I try, I'm trying not to use a specific example, yeah. but let me just think, let me think for one second. It's like, um, so are you like, do you see that you get business from LinkedIn? Okay. That let's say that's the question. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, why would someone ask that? Yeah. So they're obviously asking that because they do something with LinkedIn selling. So I thought to myself, what do I, how do I want to respond? Okay. Because I wasn't crazy about that question. Okay. So this question just happened and I thought a lot about it and I didn't want to blow the person off, but I just wrote yes. And when I looked, the person is a salesperson.
because it's like you think to yourself, why would someone say that? I always try to think of the other side, which, by the way, is why I'm not a lawyer. My father was a prosecutor and he said, you're never going to be a good lawyer until you see the other side. You're more of an advocate. So it's taken me years and years. But now I look at from the other side. Why is this person asking me this? Because they want to sell me something. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying the other thing is if you can, and it's, it's difficult to be able to see the other side, but it's almost like you're looking through a crystal ball. Um, try to think about where is the person coming from? Um, and the thing is that you don't have time. If your original point about there's no time. I mean, most, most people are working, you know, hybrid, remote, whatever, still, so what do you mean you don't have time? We have so much more time than we ever had before. I'm saying the little things of like commuting or going to an event, it's like maybe I went to one event in a day and then it's like, that's it. So there's like endless time and you can write to any, I mean, people, I would say it's pretty much 24 mm-hmm. seven. So like you're, I've, people have written to me, like I happen to be a night owl. So 11 o'clock at night, you know what I mean? So that not have time. I don't, I don't know what words to say that aren't. <laughs> <laughs> but if that's bull. Well, yeah, I know, I know. And but what you hear and playing the advocate of the devil here, they would say, yeah, but I need to build a better website. I need to uh, have a better picture. I need to create this or that, and that takes up all my time. So when should I do research for actually talking to customers? You know, and. Yeah, I mean, this comes up a lot, and this has to do, I think, as well with uh, reaching out to your values. I mean, think about it. If you don't do not like to do sales or anything like that, or your your perspective of that is too much distorted, you're gonna go away from that because you will not love to do it. And I I can testify that. I did not like to do sales calls at the beginning because I was looking at it from a, a bad perspective. If you look at it like you said, you will just want to help people, then all my sales calls become so much fun because I'm just there helping people. And and last sales call or call, I mean, maybe we shouldn't call it a sales call, but last call that I had with somebody, I just give him so much um, help and ideas. He he literally told me, and this is a true story, that he got goosebumps from thinking what he could achieve with my advice. So I'm pretty sure that this person, even though he didn't want to continue at that time with me, he's going to remember me. And at a certain stage, he's going to say, now I'm ready. And who does he think about? Actually, the person that got got him goosebumps, not the person that wanted to sell him whatever. I agree with you 100%. I got a call from somebody, which is also in the article. I'm not trying to plug the article. I mean, there are plenty of articles (laughs) out there. But, you know, she contacted me after eight years, eight years. Wow. And she called me and said, "Um, what you just said. I thought to my, and to be honest with you, I had I had no memory as to where or how we met. Yeah. He said to me, I was talking to my husband, and I said, "Who can I trust with this idea?" And she contacted me. She's okay. quote, she's quoted in the article, but um, I mean that's exactly to your point. 
And then when she said eight years ago, I, she said, I said, when do we even meet? And then she gave <laughs> the specifics. So, um, you know, I agree. I, and I think that, um, I think the other thing is with sales now, it's that we're in a pandemic. Okay. So please be sensitive to people who, while I'm saying you're not defined by the work you do all that, but the truth of the matter is people have lost loved ones. Mm. People have lost family members. You know, people are suffering. People are, you know, don't have money or don't have yeah. enough money, you know, can't pay their bills, can't pay their rent or whatever. So it's the worst time to be selling. I mean, I'm saying that it's, I think we need to be empathetic, empathetic mm -hmm. and kind and thinking about, you know, other people and, you know, perhaps their circumstances. So I'm saying more so than ever before, selling is, it's not the way to go. Mm -hmm. So, and then you could, we could go into, well, when does helping turn into like, you know, money? So I'm, so there's a fine line between helping, hmm. advising or whatever. And then of course, you know, unless you're running a nonprofit or yeah. I was, then at some point it has to convert. But um, I, I believe that if I believe and have lived it and experienced it, if you are active, if you're participating, if you're um, not focused on the money, regardless of how much money you have, some something will come mm -hmm. if thinking about things from uh what you don't have i don't have enough money i don't have you know the title that i want i don't have enough you know that's coming from a place of lack mm -hmm. so if you just switch your mindset which you can there's a there's a, a book that carol dweck wrote it's called mindset yeah. so there's a fixed and you know growth mindset so you know, the, the fixed mindset would be the good example I always remember is, you know, like me, kids who got like a C in, in math or something. And it's like, oh, forget it, I suck at math. And so then that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. So the growth mindset says, okay, I got a C in math. Now let me go to the professor and figure out what I can do to like improve my grade or to mm -hmm. learn more. That's the whole growth fixed mindset. So, you know, we I don't want to sound too spiritual but you know yesterday was yesterday tomorrow is tomorrow like all we have is right now there's another quote that says you know do what you can in the next 24 hours to get to where you want to be mm -hmm. so i don't want to start with focus on the moments all that kind of thing but you know we have plenty of time and we have plenty of time to be open and willing to talk to people whether they're being paid or not and you know, it, it's anything, as you know, as we, because I know I get a good sense of you is that, you know, when you do good things, like it comes back to you in whatever different yeah. ways. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to keep repeating this story and to keep educating people that they need to see beyond just the paycheck or just beyond what is out there. And I, for sure, only want to work with people that have at least a sense of that they want to build like some kind of legacy within their business you know i could help a lot of youngsters that want to start like uh, a business just to get rich in five years but what about after those five years do they already have an idea what they want to do or what who they want to be and those are not the people that that i want to help to be honest because if they do not know 
it doesn't relate to what I have as values as well. So I think that as well is important. You want to work with people that have at least some kind of same kind of connection or values, and that will create that trust. That will create that that factor that you need so they can actually jump on board with what you do. So that is truly also what I believe for sure. I haven't, I have just one other example, which, you know, while it's my son, my middle son, it is an inspirational story. I'm saying not just because it's my son. Mm. So he, um, he graduated Tufts, moved to LA, worked for Sony, worked for ICM. He was an agent assistant. Then he uh, decided he didn't really want to live in LA. He moved back. He was hired by uh, Marvel. So he worked for Marvel for a couple of years and then he was furloughed and laid off. Now this, it'd be nice for me to be able to say, oh, well, it's because of me, but he realized, he didn't tell me this, but let's make sense to me. He was an English major at Tufts, um, strong, strong student. So he thought to himself, well, why don't I write? So and he had read screenplays for Sony and all that kind of stuff. So he had with making a long story short, he ended up self publishing a book, 26 years old that was released last August fiction based on uh, growing up in Manhattan private schools, but not a gossip girl kind of thing, more, uh, you know, serious, mm. uh, you know, different issues, racism, sexism, da, da, da. Anyway. So, um, his goal was to sell 280 copies because he self-published it. So, I mean, I am his mother. So uh, we together, and he's um, tends to be more of an introvert. So I said to him, if you want to sell 200 copies, we have to do a Zoom book launch. We have to do a, I'm not on Facebook. I said, fine, and you'll do it on my Facebook. So we did all that. And one of the things he said was his dream was to be in the New York Post. So time went on and we together as a team. So we did all those the things. And what happened was with me as like a sidekick, you know, with the zoom book launch, somebody who's sitting next to me, I, I have my arm. It's like, yeah. how do you feel about writing your first book? And he was like, you know, I'm, I, I'm feel so proud or whatever. And I'm like, yes. And here's his book. You know what I mean? I was, it was kind of a sidekick. Um, Cause I wanted to make him feel more comfortable. And anyway, I, um, have a database, which is editors, journalists all over the world, any sector, any whatever. So create a media list of people who cover, you know, private schools, Manhattan, Upper East Side. So uh, the bottom line, and I'm not giving you all the other details in the New York Post, that thing was so huge that he sold way more than a thousand books, which is almost like unheard of for us like a known quote unquote no name person mm -hmm. and um this is a complete coincidence it's not anything planned so he ended up uh he's a second book is coming out which is completely coincidental but it takes place in the hamptons so it's fiction but that's what i had said to him a long time ago is like did you, is it because I, I moved here? He said, no, he was, he was working on it a long time ago. So that's going to be coming out sometime in July. And then, you know, we'll do the same types of things. And then it, he, he, it's likely that he'll move back to LA, but all I'm going to say with him as an example is not so much to talk about my son, but to say to younger people, 
you know, you have skills, like you, whatever, yeah. you gain skills. So if you lose your job, you don't have money, you can't find a job. It's the same to this other point. Look back, look back. So he looked back, I guess. We didn't talk about it. I didn't have decoder value at the time and decided, well, I was an English major. I love writing and just did it. And one thing led to the next. So, um, you know, that it's, it's, I don't, it's not an, it's no longer an excuse. It's mm. not an excuse to say, well, I don't have any money or, you know, it's like, there are things that you can do. You can do things with no money. You can do research. You can buy a, you can read a, get a book from the library. I mean, I can't emphasize enough, read and do research. I mean, I would say I'm a person who knows a little about a lot. Why? Because I read a lot, because I listen to people of all different ages. Like I know mm -hmm. about gaming. I was a judge at a global blockchain um, uh, pitch fest. And a little bit before there were some gaming companies. So I said to one of my sons, would you care if like you could, uh, you know, take weapons and, and um, skins and move them to another game? Like, would you ever, do you ever buy that stuff? They're like, no, why? And I said, no, I'm just asking, is that a value to you? And they said, no, it's not a value because it doesn't make the player more competitive. It's just like, kind of like, I guess people think, you know, young people think it's a cool thing. So in the global pitch fest with the two gaming startups, but not exactly startups, that was a question I asked, meaning I had what, five minutes worth of a conversation. And I, cause I said, you guys play Fortnite, you know, would you care if you could transfer? And so that was the question I asked. So what I'm saying is listen and be aware and get information from around you, learn from people around you. I mean, five minutes about Fortnite, And then there I am like, and they're <laughs> writing to me about like, no, like, cause of course they wanted to win, like get the money, win. So then they're, you know what I mean? So you just take from pieces of like, just pay attention to everything around you. Just pick up so much information. I mean, you don't have to be like narrowly focused, like just broaden. I mean, I learn something new every single day. I'm saying whether it's like from one of my sons or whether it's from, you know, a neighbor or, you know what I mean? Just, I'm always learning. There's Hi. my father. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that happens live, you know, see? <laughs> Hi, how are you? So uh, I will <laughs> we'll close off here so I can help my dad here. Okay. Thank well, you, Wendy, for your it was time. Thank you for meeting you. Have a wonderful weekend. Stay yes. safe and please Thank keep you. in touch, okay? Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you, everybody, for watching. <laughs> See you next time. Bye bye. 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 Thank you.